welcome to Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor, your weekly dose of diversity and inclusion content with me, your host, Dr. Donna Dehan. I want to help as many organizations as possible create people-centered businesses because I know that when your people thrive, so too does your bottom line. I'm here to help you move from professing an interest in DNI to implementing practices that will change the way you do business for the better. So, if you're looking to truly make an impact with your DNI efforts, you're in the right place, my friend. Every week, I will give you the perfect mix of theory and practice to help you create a business where everyone and your bottom line can thrive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to episode five of Intentional Inclusion with the Diversity Doctor. Now, before you dive into today's value-packed episode, let me ask you a quick question. Have you listened to episode four yet? That episode is called Stop the Meeting Madness. And episode five is called Start Creating Efficient, Effective and Inclusive Meetings. So you can see there is a theme emerging right here. Episode four and five both focus on the topic of meetings. As a quick recap, last week I talked about how we've created a culture of back-to-back meetings that's leaving us feeling overwhelmed and uninspired, but the good news is we can change that right now. Over the past 20 years, I've worked with a lot of different organisations to help them create diverse and inclusive cultures, and one of the first places I start is by helping them create efficient, effective and inclusive meetings, where everyone feels safe, seen and valued. There are 10 distinct actionable steps to take to move from uninspiring, unproductive meetings to, wow, everyone came prepared, everyone contributed, and we whizzed through the agenda, and there's still time left for lunch, kind of meetings. And in the last week, episode four, I walked you through the first five steps. And as you can imagine, today I'm going to walk you through the final five. So, if you haven't already listened to last week's episode... I would recommend you start there, hit pause on this one, go back to episode four, listen to that, and then pop back, pick up where you left off, and join us right here. And if you're looking for a one-stop shop with absolutely everything you need to create efficient, effective, and inclusive meetings, just click on the link to the inclusive meeting to... um, click on the link to the inclusive meetings toolkit, which is in the show notes. Okay. So we've worked through 10 steps with my clients over the years and every single time the transformation is incredible. These are such practical steps and they may seem straightforward, but I bet there's at least four or five of these steps you're not doing right now, but you could easily start doing today. And here's the thing, any one of these steps by themselves will absolutely make a difference to how efficient and effective and inclusive your next meeting is. Now, the steps are not necessarily in chronological order, so it doesn't mean that you have to start with step one before moving on to step two. You can literally dip in and out, try a step that you feel is going to be the easiest for you to implement. But I have presented them in an order that I personally work through with my clients, and it's an order that feels logical with regards to the stages of planning and then delivering a meeting. So as I said, in episode four, I covered the first five steps in detail, but for now, let me share with you a quick reminder. I feel like that's some sort of, we need some sort of flashback 
graphics or sound effect there. <laughs> Step one, be mindful of who you invite to the meeting. Being inclusive doesn't mean including everyone. It means including the people you want to hear from. So step one, be mindful of who you invite to the meeting. Step two, a detailed agenda can reduce the amount of meeting time by up to 80%. So don't skip that part. Step three, be mindful of the logistics of your meeting. Think about when, where and how long a meeting will last. Time is our most precious non-renewable resource. So we need to respect that and we need to respect that not everybody's time is the same. Step four, start with inclusive introductions. Be intentionally inclusive and share your pronouns. Hi, I'm Dr. Don Dehan and my pronouns are she and her. Step five, be inclusive with regards to roles and responsibilities and share the power and help everyone be more accountable. Now, let's dive into a brand new rule. Let's dive into step three, no? <laughs> step six, just to clarify, we are now heading into step six, which is house rules. Okay, so think of your meeting space like your home. So we all have our own way of doing things in our own homes. We create our own cultures within this space. Maybe we always sit at the table to eat dinner together, but on Friday nights, we eat in front of the TV for movie night. Maybe the same person cooks every night and the same pers person always washes up. Or maybe it's more of a help yourself and fend for yourself type of culture. If I invite you into my home for a short or prolonged period, things are going to run smoother if you understand how we do things around here. What is the culture of my home? So for example, if you see a pile of shoes near the front door and no one seems to be wearing shoes inside the house, you may assume it's a no shoes in the house kind of home. So you may just take off your shoes straight away or you may ask the question and check. And chances are you only need to do this the first time and then the next time you come over, you'll know what to do. You may be just kick your shoes off straight away and walk straight in and make yourself feel at home that way. Now, personally, I was raised in a no shoes in the house kind of home, but now I choose to keep my shoes on and should you ever pop over to my home, you're welcome to do whatever makes you feel the most comfortable. But what if we're a group of friends who have hired a house for the weekend and we bring a mix of shoes on, shoes off cultures with us? How are we going to know what to do? Well, we can choose to do our own thing, the option that makes us feel most comfortable, or we could check the house rules of the place that we're staying. Think of your meeting space like your home or the guest house. You need to establish house rules. What are the core ways of doing things that are acceptable and not acceptable in your meeting space? What are the cornerstones of your meeting culture? Now, if you have regular meetings with the same people, so weekly team meetings, for example, the house rules ideally should be co-created with the group and they should ideally link to the broader values of your organization. And of course, they should be inclusive. Not only is this a great way to outline desired behavior, it takes away the personal, I don't like the way you're doing that, you're behaving right now. And it brings it back to the, remember, we agreed this was the way we were going to behave with one another. And it also gives an opportunity to live our organizational values. In the Inclusive Meetings Toolkit, link in the show notes, I share various different house rules, templates and examples you can choose from. So please check the link in the show notes if you want some more examples. But for now, let me share a few with you. 
For example, house rules may include we are respectful of everyone's time. So we show up on time, we come prepared and we don't run over time. We listen with an open mind because we value everyone's opinion. This is a safe space. We can attack the issue, but not the person. We give each other time to contribute to the discussion. We don't talk over one another and we don't interrupt. These are just some examples and you can add and adapt to what feels right for you. But the point is you consistently share these, for example, on a piece of paper in your meeting room or on a slide, the first slide of a meeting deck or as when you send out uh, the agenda or the meeting invite. And as I said, if you have regular meetings with the same group of people, it helps to achieve buy-in to these rules if they are co-created. But house rules can also be used in new one-off situations. For example, I always include house rules at the start of any training or workshops session that I do. Again, very practical and easy to implement. Okay, step seven, how to encourage the right type of behavior. Remember you've invited everyone to the meeting for a reason, but all too often, one or two dominant voices, well, dominate meetings, but not on your watch, my friend. (laughs) Encourage everyone to contribute and encourage everyone to listen. There are many ways our behavior can disrupt meetings, but the vast majority of the time, it is not our intention to disrupt a space. So for example, I may turn up once late and unprepared simply due to personal circumstances. In this case, offer the grace and space to let that one go. However, if being on time and coming prepared is one of your house rules, and I am consistently breaking that rule, then my behavior is not conducive to the culture we are creating in this meeting space. And therefore, my behavior in this instant would need to be addressed. So when we assess behavior, it's so important that we consider context and we look for patterns. Let me give you a few more examples. We may unintentionally be disruptive in the way that we communicate. I'm gonna very personally here, I know that when I'm passionate about a topic, I have the horrible tendency to interrupt. I'm just, it's its like, oh, 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 I want to, you know, I'm excited about this. I have something to say. I want to share this. This is really important. Honestly, in my head, it's coming from a place of good intention. I simply want to contribute. I'm excited. I'm passionate. I'm like a puppy bouncing on the spot. But interrupting is rude. The way I go about it is sending a message that what I have to say right now is more important than what you are saying. Well, how awful is that? No one feels included when they're talked over. It's a really bad habit and I promise I am actively working on this. But maybe there are others within your team that also do this. And again, it's it's a one-off, then let that one go. But if it keeps happening, take that person aside explain why it's disruptive, and ask them to be more mindful of their behavior. Similarly, the extroverts among us often talk why we think, and this can lead us to taking up more airtime because it's a conscious stream of what's in our head, it comes out. And worse still, it can lead us off topic because as our thought, as we are processing something, we literally go down, we can go down a rabbit hole and take the conversation off. And if you've got more than one extrovert in a team, they could sort of tag team and really take you off your agenda items. So it's important to to watch out for these things. And there are things you can do about it. So for example, 
separate thinking and talking activities. You could ask people to take two minutes to think about their response, write it down, and then go around the meeting space online or in person and ask everyone to share just one point. That way you're hearing from everybody and you avoid the fact that one person is dominating that airtime. It's also really important in terms of desired behavior within meetings to model being an active ally. So create the space for others to speak. So for example, you could say, thanks Max for your contribution, but I would really like to invite David to share his thoughts right now. Another thing to always do is always give credit where credit's due. So for example, actually, I believe that was Sarah's idea. Or I've noticed that Jamie is really passionate about that project and they know all the background details of that case. So maybe let's, let's consider Jamie taking a lead on that point. Jamie, would you like to take a lead in this particular project? Always call out non-inclusive behavior. This can feel challenging at first, but again, the more it becomes a habit, the more you can refer it to your house rules. And like I said in the um, episode last week, you're having this collective culture check. I promise it becomes easier. So a way to call out non-inclusive behavior could be, um, for example, Emmy is still talking. Let her finish, please. It's a simple, to the point, non-confrontational, but it disrupts the disruptive discourse. Now, I cover more tips and tricks for identifying and dealing with disruptive behavior in the Inclusive Meeting Toolkit, but the main takeaway here is to be mindful of the type of behavior that is happening in your meetings, get super clear on what is acceptable and non-acceptable behavior, and be prepared with some go-to responses when things uh, drift off track. Okay, step eight, the three C's. Inclusion safety is the first phase of psychological safety and research shows that when we feel safe, we feel informed and we know where the boundaries are. So at various points throughout the meeting and definitely at the end, check in and get clear on the three C's. Clarify. Is everyone on the same page? Does everyone, does anyone have any questions or concerns? So that's clarify. Again, is everyone on the same page? Does anyone have any questions or concerns? The second C, contribution. Have you heard from everyone in the room? Does everyone feel seen and valued for their contribution? Finally, the third C is call to action. Is there any action that needs to be taken after this meeting? And if so, by whom and when do they need to give feedback to this group? I don't know about you, but I've ended often, often ended up in meetings where the meetings ended often because we've run out of time and a lot of things, I feel like a lot of things are left up in the air and I'm not quite sure what's supposed to happen next, who is responsible to do what. And you'll often find that the more proactive people in the room will pick something up. Again, it's not inclusive. We're not sharing the power or the privilege in this way. We need to own it. Everybody has a contribution to make. So we need to get very clear on the three C's. Clarify, contribution, call to action. Okay, step nine, feedback and feed forward. No matter how intentional we are with our efforts to create diverse and inclusive spaces, we all have blind spots. 
Therefore, it's incredibly important to find a way to get feedback from other people who were experienced in the meeting. Creating a culture for open dialogue is a key to creating an inclusive culture. So don't forget to check in and connect with participants after the meeting. Whilst it's incredibly important to publicly give credit where credit is due, the personal touch also nurtures a feeling of being seen, valued and included. And finally, my friends, step 10, reflection. Whether you are diving all in and methodically working through all 10 steps, or you are dipping your toe and just trying one of these steps I've covered, you are being intentionally inclusive. And for that, I salute you, my friend. Chances are you are implementing any one of these steps will mean you are doing something new and it may feel different. It may land perfectly straight away or you may need to tweak it a little bit or do it a few times until it becomes second nature, like showing your pronouns, for example. Through changing the way you do meetings, you are learning new ways of working and a reflection is an essential part of the learning process. So over the next few weeks, the next month, I would love you to take just five minutes to reflect on the meetings you you attend. And as I covered last week, we're attending a lot of meetings right now. So when you come out of a meeting, please take a moment to consider what worked and what needs work. What behavior did you notice in others and yourself? And was that behavior desired behavior or undesirable behavior? Was there enough time to cover all the agenda items? Did everyone have an opportunity to contribute? Going through this process of reflection will help you fine tune how you run inclusive meetings to the point that you will never consider doing meetings any other way. Now you can simply record your thoughts in voice notes after the meeting or write them down or I have a reflection log you can complete within the inclusive meetings toolkit. The important thing is to reflect and be consistent. So there you have it. Your step-by-step guide to stop the meeting madness and start creating efficient, effective and inclusive meetings instead. Now I appreciate we have covered a lot in the last two episodes, so please check the show notes and the transcript if you want to look back over some of the points we've made. And remember, everything you need from agenda templates to house rule templates to the guide with all 10 steps laid out, the reflection log and a 20-minute training video that you can share with your colleagues or across your entire organization. All of that is included in the Inclusive Meetings Toolkit. So click on the link in the show notes to access that now. And I promise taking just one of these small steps will have such a positive impact. So please pick one and start today, right now. Just pick one, try it, implement it, and see what happens, I promise the good things will happen. And please drop me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn and let me know how your next meeting goes. And if we're not already following me on these platforms, just click on the link in the show notes and let's connect. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for being intentionally inclusive. And for now, it's until next week, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye.